Hello and welcome to uh, another episode of the Jeep and Bubba podcast. I'm Brad Coran, also known as Jeep and Bubba. And, uh, well, this one's coming to you from the Jeep, from the Jeep JL. And uh, it is just about 6 a.m. in the morning, 5.55 actually. And I'm headed to Deer Camp. Got about an hour's drive left. And, uh, well... All I actually have about at least a dozen podcast topics I want to cover with you guys, and uh, they're all in the brain and they all want to come out. And uh, we were in this theme for a little while there, where I was wanting to do what I call really heady, really uh, uh, this is how I feel, this is who I am. I'm gonna get back to those. I, this this podcast was requested by my friend Brandon Cordell. And uh, he, he was asking me the other day about camping. We're going to be camping next weekend. We're going to go up to Wind Rock uh, in Tennessee. So, hey, if you're available next weekend, oh, I think I need to... That, when I say that, I need to remember what the date is so I can tell you guys. Because not all of you listen to it, you know, the day I, I, I release it. Uh, today is the 18th. So, it is October the 18th. So, next weekend... I think it's the 24th or 25th, whatever. Uh, we'll be at Windrock, and we're going to do, be doing some of the Badge of Honor trails up there. Um, so if you hear this in time, you live in the area, you're wanting to ride, uh, feel free to meet us up there. We're going to be camping uh, a couple days up there. Some of the guys will be there as early as, I think, Thursday night, maybe Friday. Uh, I'll be there Saturday night, Sunday, and maybe Sunday night as well. Uh, but definitely wheeling um, all... I don't know if I'm going to wheel Saturday evening, but I'll definitely be wheeling all day Sunday. Um, but let's get into the topic. And um, and the topic today is camping. Uh, Brandon asked me about camping, and I wanted to get into it. And like I said, uh, I've got some other ones coming to you guys that are more like... I'm going to talk about Jeep burnout. Like, not doing a burnout in a Jeep, but how you get like burnout sometimes on the... Uh, you know, some of your favorite hobbies, you just do too much, or you consume too much with them, and sometimes you get burnt out. Not right, not like in the beginning when you're like all on fire about it, but like um, you do get burnt out at times. So like, um, it's one thing I need to discuss. And then uh, I want to talk to you guys about the Black Bear Pass Trail, and really, I mean, I want to tell you about the trail, but I want to tell you like some of my feelings about it. By the way, if you haven't looked or checked. Uh, the Black Bear Pass video is available on YouTube. Um, the Imogene uh, Pass video will be up here shortly on YouTube. That's youtube.com backslash C backslash Jeep and Bubba. Or you can just go in the uh, search bar and look up Jeep and Bubba. But now we've covered all that, let's get straight into camping. So what I specifically want to talk about in camping uh, is equipment. And uh, there's all different types of camping you can do. But there's only one type of camping you can do. And one type of camping that you can do is you go out into nature, the place that's not your home, a temporary dwelling, <laughs> so to speak, and, uh, and you sleep somewhere that's not your house. So, I mean, you could technically camp inside of your Jeep or truck or SUV or whatever, on the ground, whatever. You're camping if you're, if you're not sleeping in a hotel or motel or in your house. I mean, if you're outside, 
sleeping. You're basically camping. But then that's basically the macro. When we get into the micro, there's different ways you can do that. And we're going to talk about it from the perspective of overlanding and uh, from like car camping slash Jeep camping. Is you know, when I say car camping, I don't mean to be like you're going to be in a Honda Civic. I mean like you're in a vehicle camping. Um, and that's basically what the majority of people listening to this would be doing. So I want to cover that. I have been camping, I don't know, since I was little. So much so, my parents are not in the... I, I don't know how I came from my parents. Um, my dad hates working on vehicles. Um, thinks that jeeping is a waste of time. He doesn't think what I'm doing is a waste of time. He actually is a big, big huge supporter of my business. Um, and he gets, like, why I like it. But when I take him off-roading, he's like, uh, like, where are we going? Like, is there a point to this? Like, he likes going hunting. He likes taking the Jeep out to hunt camp because there's a purpose to it. But, like, just, you know, riding for the sake of riding. Um, he's got a bad neck. He's just like, this is this is dumb. But, um, <laughs> uh, but I, so much so, like, I would beg for, like, a tent for my birthday. And uh, started off when I was, like, five or six. And I would, I would sleep in my parents. We had, like, a... Um, that's what they call it, a split foyer. So, like, all the living areas upstairs. There's, like, a bonus room and garage downstairs. And I would uh, set up in the bonus room downstairs in my tent. And uh, I would camp in the basement, basically, at a young age. And then started camping outside. And uh, as soon as I was... I mean, I'd beg my parents to take us camping. We would go occasionally. Um, and a lot of times our church would do camp trips and we'd go... But, uh, basically, as soon as I moved out, I mean, uh, I was camping a couple times a year just for the sake of camping. Um, and now, with the Jeep trips I take and uh, with the hunting I do, it's not really an option, like, like not to camp. Other than, like, if I were to buy, like, a travel trailer or a teardrop or a trailer or something like that. Um, and I'm not going to really cover that type of camping i know some people call that camping and uh, i'm sure it is i guess um sleeping teardrop trailer or like a travel trailer or a pop-up camper or even like tent tracks has some really cool trailers that are like fiberglass that um that have tents built into them those are camp- that is camping um it- <coughs> Ooh, rona um but that's not... I want to talk more about... Uh, uh, a little bit more rugged style of camping. Uh, so... I'm going to jump right into that. But I was just going to explain... That's kind of my experience. just been doing it for a long time. Ever since I got heavy into Jeeps... Um, camping became... Kind of a necessity. Because... Uh, if you have the time... Let's say you have two or three days to wheel... Uh, if I leave my house, it's an hour and a half drive to the mountains. So, if I wheeled one day, then had to leave the trail, come back to the same place I started, or get a hotel, it kind of takes away from it. But if I'm able to camp on the trail, like, sometimes we've we've just camped out the night before we're going to ride. Um, and that's nice. Uh, but, sorry, I had to make a directional change. Uh, in the vehicle, but, uh, 
yeah, sometimes we can't, sorry about that, I got distracted for just a second, um, but sometimes we've had to make, uh, sometimes we would just camp the night before, um, we would be riding, so to speak, and so that we're already out there, um, and now I've gotten to where I really enjoy it, like, I really enjoy camping, but I'm going to tell you the number one trick right now to enjoying camping, and a lot of people think it's, like, finding, like, an epic campsite, and that helps, uh, and it's part of it, but the number one way to enjoy camping is to be comfortable, and I think people think, um, for themselves to enjoy camping that they have to challenge themselves, that they has to be miserable, like, on the trail, like, like, they, they have to deprive themselves of equipment, and then some people think you have to bring your entire house, like, pack the vehicle out and bring everything, um, you know, my suggestion is to pack heavy the first time you go, and to start stripping it down, if, if it's something you think you're going to do long term, pack heavy and start stripping it down. Um, and one tip for packing, uh, I've gone through a lot of different setups. I will tell you that totes, small totes, whether they're Plano or Rubbermaid, um, even for your clothes, um, just make things easier. They're stackable. They don't move. You can bungee them down. They're waterproof. Um, they're dirt proof. They just hold up better. Uh, even like I use one for dry foods, like canned goods and chips and stuff like that, so they don't get crushed. I've had bags of chips bust that are in um, like grocery bags in my Jeep, and that's just not acceptable. So uh, it's good to have them in little like Rubbermaid containers. Uh, and, I, and I think that's a good tip. But let me get straight into the different types of, um, basically, I guess you would say, uh, what is the word I want to use? Sleeping receptacles? <laughs> There's so many different ways, so many different options when it comes to, like, what are you going to sleep in on the trail? What's going to be your home away from home? And, uh, sorry about that, I need to clear my nose. Uh, anyways, the best, the best, I guess, there are a lot of options for you, and not one of them is, is the best, or perfect, or exactly right, and it's all based on budget, and it's a lot based on what you're going to be comfortable in, and, uh, and a lot of it's based on Economics, what you can afford, uh, and maybe the setup of your vehicle, uh, if it's going to be possible with your vehicle. And what I mean by that is, like, uh, if you want to run a rooftop tent, then you're going to have to have a vehicle that has uh, a roof rack. So, you know, it's not possible for you to have a rooftop tent if your vehicle can't have a roof rack or doesn't have a roof rack. So, I'm going to start from the basic, the bottom. And I'm not, I'm not going least to greatest. I'm just going to go from the most basic to uh, the most bougie, I guess. You know, the most premium. Uh, uh, 
the most expensive, I guess. So, uh, one, one place you can start, uh, if you're looking at the basics is, hold on one sec, guys. All right. So one place you can start if you're looking at the basics is a hammock. Now, this is my number one suggestion to people when they say, like, I'm going to go camping this weekend, or we're going to go wheeling, uh, don't know what to bring. Most of the time, I suggest hammocks to solo riders, um, or solo campers, or even, um, couples, but if you're a guy that's going to be riding by themselves on most trips, not to say you don't have a family, but like most trips you're going to be riding by yourself in your in your vehicle, um, then a hammock is a great option. Now, as soon as I tell them hammock, and some of you probably already think of this, there's no way I can sleep like a banana all night. It's going to hurt my back. I'm not going to get a good night's sleep. Um, I'm going to snore. I'm a belly sleeper. Listen, I'm 300 pounds. I snore like a freight train. And when I tell you I get just as good a night's sleep in a hammock as I do in my mattress at home, which is a fantastic mattress that knocks me out the second I lay down, I'm telling you I get just as good a night's sleep in that hammock. And the reason is... There is a specific way to sleep in a hammock. So the couple tips I'll give you, and I'll give you the pluses and the minuses of the hammock, but a couple tips I'll give you is go on YouTube and watch the proper way to lay in a hammock. If I can describe it with words, the best way to, if I can explain it to you is if you think of a hammock between two trees, it's just a straight line, and, and you think... I'm going to be laying like a banana. What you want to do is, and this is for car campers. If you're a backpacker that does like the Appalachian Trail or something, and you decide that you want to go hammock style, a lot of those guys go for the lightest, smallest hammocks they can possibly buy. But for a car camper that doesn't care about weight, buy yourself a two-person hammock. So there's a lot of options out there. I run the Eno Double Nester, and it's it's one of my biggest suggestions. You know, I'm quick when it comes to brands of camping gear to buy something a little bit more economic. Um, when the Yeti coolers came out, I bought a Pelican. Pelican's known to be a good brand. And it's, it was like $200 cheaper for the same size. And I've been very happy with it. Now, like, if I need to buy anything like that, I buy Grizzly or Arctic. Um, and I've been happy with that. And uh, the same goes for hammocks. But the Eno is the most expensive. You would think that, and that, by the way, when I'm saying Eno, it's E-N-O. That's the brand. You might have seen it. Some people call it other words, but it's, it's pronounced Eno. Uh, they have the single nester and the double nester. Get yourself the double nester, especially if you're a big person. Buy the Eno straps. To me, they're the best straps in the market. There's tons of options out there. Um, I think if you're looking on Amazon, the best bang for your buck is the bare butt brand. There's a band, 
a brand called Bear Butt. Um, they make a product that's very close to the Eno. Um, I don't like their Rainfly, but their hammock itself is really nice and uh, it looks really close. The straps look really close. Also, this is a funny brand, but it's called the Chill Gorilla. And they make a decent hammock. Uh, Daryl Hudson of JCR runs that one. But if you're going to use it time after time, go ahead and save yourself the effort and time and get yourself an Eno. And the reason is, Enos have so many modular parts that you can buy for them. Rain flies. Um, you can get the, the, the insect covers. You can get... Um, uh, under quilts they make stands that specifically hold the enos and a lot of the stuff's universal you can you can enter you know i i have uh i use an eno rainfly but i use like an amazon under quilt uh it's like i don't summit or something i don't know what it is it's got a bear on it um and i'll explain under quilts here in a minute but get yourself a double nester and and what you i've seen this before people think i need to get this hammock as tight as you can possibly get a hammock no that's not that's not the case um i like to hang them about five foot five and a half maybe six foot at the most and when i do that it will droop almost to the ground when i get in it I want it to be as loose as possible. And the reason being is, people think they want it tight so they can like sleep on their side or stomach or whatever. Um, the issue with that is it's gonna be too tight. The fabric's gonna be too tight. It's gonna be uncomfortable. The most comfortable way is with the most slack possible being in it. And then what you wanna do is sleep at a 45. So you wanna take your feet whether it's your right foot or your left foot, and you're gonna wanna move them as far in the fabric as you can, um, and then move your shoulder, neck, head in that direction. So if if you're now thinking about that tree and you draw a line between it and it's just a straight line, you are now sleeping at a 45 degree angle to that. And what that does is it opens up that material and it flattens it out. It opens it up to its full potential and then it flattens it out and it gives you a big uh, area to sleep in. And uh, if you sleep on your back like that, it'd be flat. If you sleep, if you wanna sleep on your side, it works. And that's typically, I'm, I'm a side or stomach sleeper, typically outside of a hammock. So in the hammock, I'll sleep on my side because it's easier. But if you wanna sleep on your stomach, it's possible too. The limitation on that is, if you're in a big bulky sleeping bag, it gets very difficult to uh, it gets difficult to get turned over basically um, so I like to sleep on my side it's easiest and uh, but it's super comfortable and it just takes some practice I do it at home like I'll throw my hammock up on an, in an afternoon Saturday afternoon me and Abby will play in it but I'll take a nap in it occasionally because it is that comfortable and it was my only option for camping uh, for the last, I don't know, four or five years. We've recently got a rooftop tent, but um, it is what I took on a lot, a lot, a lot of trips. Uh, the only time I ever had any issues where I was like, I wish I wasn't in a hammock was uh, we were up in northern Michigan and the mosquitoes came in 
and I don't have a, a mosquito net. It's typically not, and like typically what I do is don't even set up my rain fly. I sleep so I can see the sky. And I know it's not going to rain. I'm just out there open with nature. Um, but occasionally I throw my rain fly up. But the mosquitoes were so bad. We threw up the rain fly. We were coated in bug spray, and they we had coated the uh, the rain fly in the hammock and bug spray, and they weren't actually biting us. But they were buzzing against the rainfly, and they were buzzing against the bottom of the hammock, and it was like, ooh, it was just a creepy, gross sound. And then some raccoons came into our campsite, and uh, they wouldn't be shooed away. They were like little bears, and uh, they were trying to get after my dog and after our cooler and our eggs. And so I ended up just throwing all of our uh, our cooler in the back of our jeep, throwing me and the dog and the wife. I didn't throw my wife; she got in there herself. Uh, and we slept like four hours in the front seat or something like that. But, uh, yeah, that was the only time I was like, man, I wish I was not even in the ground tent that night. Cause I think we'd have the same issue. I wish I was probably in a camper or teardrop that night, even over a rooftop tent. It was like unbelievable. They were, it was like the mosquitoes in Northern Michigan are massive. It was like little birds running into us. But besides that, love having my hammock it's a fantastic option now i'll cover a couple i'll cover one quick thing that people don't think about when you get a hammock um and i'll give you the pros and the cons pros you can get in cheap you can buy something on amazon you can get in cheap you can get in way over your head money wise uh if you get on eno's website and just start pulling the trigger there are some expensive um setups but the pros are you can get in fairly cheap it packs down into a super small package. Um, I'm headed out to hunt camp right now, and I'm going to be sleeping this weekend in my hammock um, because next weekend I'm going to go to Windrock, and you'd say, oh, for both of those, why don't you have your rooftop tent? Um, well, one, I bought the Overland XL, and it's massive, and it's heavy, and it weighs the Jeep down. It gets way less gas mileage, and it... Um, it puts a lot of weight on the rear springs so it it, it makes i ended up I, my tires end up rubbing in the back and the front ends up being up all the time so just for some good wheeling i don't want any weight on the roof i don't want that extra roll factor i don't want to hit worry about hitting limbs um and i think eventually i'm gonna get a smaller rooftop tent but it, it's gonna work great for my family so um we're gonna see if we're gonna see where we end up going with that but um, I am adding some half-inch spacers to the rear springs to compensate for that uh, uh, rooftop tent. But I decided I'll sleep at a hammock this weekend and next weekend at Windrock. And the bags that I bring for it is the hammock is in a tiny bag, the rainfly is a small bag, and the biggest thing I have is the underquilt. And I've said underquilt twice, now I'm going to say it again. The underquilt is basically a sleeping bag that clips to the bottom of the hammock. It doesn't cover you in any way, shape, or form, but what it does is it adds a layer of insulation to the hammock. Now, in the summer, a hammock is your best friend because air flows through that parachute material really, really well. It feels breezy. It feels airy. It feels like comfortable. Even at 80 degrees, you feel like you got some air rolling through and you know you don't even need 
a blank, you know, you just lay there and you're fantastic. When it's cold, in cold weather, it is miserable to be uh, in a hammock without an underquilt because air is just flowing in there. And what happens is if you get in a big, thick sleeping bag, and I got a negative 20 bag, as you lay on that bag, you thin out that insulation with your weight, and that air flows through there, and your back will be cold. So an underquilt is huge. Another option is if you have one of those um, like sleeping pads, like a yoga mat, or one of those like quick um, airless, or even the blow-up style sleeping pads that people use for ground camping. Not an air mattress, but like the small thin ones. You can slip one of those in your hammock too. Uh, they tend to move around a little bit. So the underquilt is a fantastic option. And I will have my underquilt deployed uh, this evening for sure. Because it's in the uh, mid-40s at night currently. Which is crazy for Georgia in October. Uh, but I am thankful. I love it cold when I'm camping. And I love it cold when I'm hunting. But uh, a hammock's a fantastic option. If you want to know the limitations of it, there are not limitations of it. Uh, in the rain, the Eno Rainfly will keep you dry. Um, in the snow, in the wind, that Rainfly is great. I have slept in negative 10 degrees in northern Michigan in a hammock. No issues. Just a negative 20 bag and a good underquilt, and you are fine. So, um, another good option is a fleece blanket. Uh, excuse me, wool blanket, not fleece. Fleece is nice, but a wool blanket. Uh, in any of these situations I'm going to talk about, whether it's a ground tent or a rooftop tent, having a wool blanket is amazing. They're antimicrobial and uh, they are just warm. They're a little rough, uh, but if you get a good one, uh, like a Marion wool, which they're expensive, they are fantastic to keep you warm outside of a sleeping bag. Or with, I, a lot of times I'll sleep with just the blanket, the wool blanket, um, anywhere up into the 50s. So I have a fleece sleeping bag. It's like a, you know, it seems like a fleece jacket you'd wear. You get inside of it, it's a sleeping bag. It's rated for like 55. And I'll throw the wool uh, blanket on top of that, and there you are toasty. Now, anything lower than that. I'm getting in. I got my negative 20 bag. Uh, it's a filled and stream bag. And it is it is warm. It is a warm bag. Okay, let's get into the next one we covered hammock. The next one is ground tents. And I'm not going to spend a ton of time on ground tents. But to me, it's the worst option of camping. But that is an opinion. Because a lot of people sleep in ground tents. But I see a lot of people leave ground tents at campsites. Throw them away when they're done. They seem to be disposable. Let me tell you a couple great, fantastic things about ground tents. A lot of them nowadays are the fast pop-up style. So you can just throw them open when you get to camp. Uh, Shelby had one. Nathan had one. Uh, I think Nathan's maybe took a little bit more extra, but Shelby's was like, you pulled a pin on a grenade and just threw that thing, deployed it out, and uh, and all of a sudden, I mean, he was ready to go. Blew up an air mattress inside, and they were set up in like, they were set up faster than our rooftop tent, which is, is a fast option. So, uh, that is a huge plus. The negatives. They do make really really nice ground tents but they're expensive so most ground tents even your most premium one at walmart 
they're just super thin as far as the floor is concerned and you're gonna rip holes in the bottom of them the mosquito nets are gonna get ripped eventually um the rain fly i mean the thing is if it rains heavy a lot of times you're not getting water coming in from the top if you have your rain fly on you have water coming in your floor um and you just have to get a decent good tent uh, to be worth your while and if you've ever been in a tent in a rainstorm not in just like a drizzle uh, you're pretty miserable you're wishing you weren't in there unless you buy a good one um, and in that case like I said they're expensive for a good ground tent um, a lot of people use backpacking tents if they're just solo and those are a little bit different um, some people will set up a, a second tarp underneath and above but uh you know it's it is an option it does take a little bit of space you know unless you get a backpacking style one now there are a couple other options that um that are out there there's the gazelle uh which is more of a a room uh setup and that's really nice there are really nice like outfitter tents that are that are bigger take a little bit more time to set up but they make a big stand-up uh, room with thick canvas floors those are nice um, there are some expensive ones that I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head there's one that looks like a spaceship I mean it looks like basically it looks like an igloo when it's deployed but aluminum foil walls I know that sounds weird but it's expensive but it like holds your body heat in really well and it keeps the outside uh, temperatures out you know so it keeps you really well regulated on the inside if it's a hot day or if it's a cold day um I'm trying to think that oh easy up tents you know you're seeing an easy up at like a jeep event or some kind of like fair it's just like a pop-up 10 by 10 tent or 10 by 20 tent um they make one you can zip a tent into and i don't know how good it would do in windy conditions but uh, and I know it would take up a lot of room to set up, but I would think that it uh, would deploy fast and be a, a good, comfortable option. I've seen people buy things that look sort of like an Easy Up that are just like mosquito rooms, and they just hang out in those during the day if the mosquitoes are bad uh, next to their tents. But uh, I'm just not a big tent fan. I just haven't had a lot of good luck with them. I don't like being inside of them and not being able to see out. And then you got to hard time trying to like get out and find your uh where's my zipper so i can get out and pee and uh go to the bathroom or like is that an animal out there and you can't see when i'm in my hammock i can see anything i want uh, i'm not worried about it i can pop out pretty quick so ground tent mm, not my favorite option but i know a lot of people do use ground tents and they like them um just get the right one find out the right do some research and, and get the right one for yourself uh huge plus i would say your pro on it is if you get one big enough to put an air mattress in you can buy air mattresses that you can get a small compressor uh, from your jeep or your vehicle or whatever or they have them we have one that we have at our house that has excuse me i gotta sneeze Woo. i had to close my eyes when i was driving there that was that was dangerous sorry about that anyways um, if you can slap an air mattress in one, you're going to have a good night's sleep. You really are. So, uh, 
that's if you give a good air mattress and it doesn't deflate during the night air mattress is a great option i must speed this thing up a little bit because i I'm, I'm a little bit limited on time i got about 37 minutes left till i get to where i'm going so let me speed this up okay so another uh another good option uh, is these things called swags or a bivy sack uh and the military uses um there's are more like bivy sacks that are like multiple layers of a sleeping bag then the, the the face of it zips up with you in it and they're like waterproof and then a lot of australians use things called swags and they're basically little tents you lay on and zip yourself in and, and they're just big enough for your body um it's basically like 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 a hammock size on the ground um but they have a lot of canvas again if it rains heavy you may be in trouble but one thing I've seen the Australians do with those uh, swags is they'll get an awning that they'll deploy off the side of their vehicles and then they'll put their swag underneath it. So if it does rain, um, they're already getting that water out of their way. And those things set up super fast. Um, with those, you're going to need a nice ground pad. A sleeping, uh, uh, um, uh, an air mattress is not an option. You're going to have to get a nice ground pad to sleep in but um that is the uh that is the australian way you can look those up swags are a good option next option rooftop tent um i would suggest anybody that can afford it go to a rooftop tent um reason being is with a rooftop tent you're up above the ground so now you don't have to worry about rain washing in uh it also adds a sense of security like uh it gives you the sense of security of if there's a bear he's gonna have to climb up the ladder or the vehicle to get to me and if you're someone who is pro second amendment as i am uh i got a shot to pull out a weapon and defend myself against said bear or mountain lion or wolf or wolverine or honey badger you know uh i like that option and i don't really worry about ants and i don't worry about a lot of ground bugs it is nice um the next thing that's really nice about it is most of them have built-in mattresses and the one i just bought uh, the smitty bill was just like one of the cheapest you can get but i got the overland xl which is quite a large uh, tent yeah, I think it'll hold 4 or 5 people it's massive but it has a 3 inch memory foam mattress in it and it's a very good night's sleep um, and if it's hot it does you know it probably is not as cool as not probably it's not as cool as my hammock but it has 3 big windows that let a lot of air get through and uh, on a super windy night you might regret having a hammock um you might wish you didn't i mean excuse me not a rooftop tent because you you might get a little bit of sway back and forth um but i'd say 90 percent of the time rain sleet snow you're gonna wish you were in a rooftop tent because it's just comfortable they deploy fast they go back together fast um for what they are and uh 
probably the best night's sleep uh, you're going to get off-roading. Now, I'm going to hit you with some negatives because there's a lot to rooftop tents. One, you got to buy a roof rack. Two, once you put something that big and bulky on your roof, you're not going to get as good a gas mileage and you're going to hear wind noise from it. Okay. Uh, three, they're expensive. Even the cheapest ones are 800, 900 bucks, a thousand dollars. And that's the cheapest ones. We're talking cheap. Um, so they are expensive and there are a lot of kinds, you know, two, three person, four person, insulated, non-insulated, um, deploy from the side, deploy from the back, go straight up, hard top or soft top. There are a lot of options and they're all pretty, well, they're astronomically expensive compared to, uh, just the option of, of, uh, a hammock or a ground tent or a swag or something like that. So, um, you feel safe. There's a lot of room in them. They're comfortable. Uh, I think it's the way I'm going to camp pretty much 90% of the time now that I own one. Uh, it's super friendly, family, family friendly, uh, as far as I can fit my whole family in there and they're going to be comfortable and warm and dry. Um, so that's nice. I will say one more negative is if it rains on them, you will stay dry. But the big negative is when you have to go pack that thing up in the morning, if you haven't had a sunny morning, you're packing up water and uh, it'll stay dry inside the tent. But if you go a day or two and you don't pull that thing back out open and, and dry it out and get some sun on it, you can get some mold and mildew inside of your tent and that pretty much ruins it. I mean, it is pretty much ruined at that point um, because you just do not want to sleep with, with mold or mildew. Um, so it's just another option to think about. But I know I've made it sound pretty negative. It is a fantastic night's sleep because I'll say the times that I haven't slept good in my hammock or in a ground tent, I'm like, what was that noise in the woods? What was that? Was that a bear? Was that this or that? And, I, and I'm like... I'm just not sleeping good because I'm hearing it. If I'm gonna, and I'm, and this and this goes into like epic campsites. A lot of people like to pick what they'll call an epic campsite, and what they mean is it's got a good view, but a lot of times it's got to have a good vibe. And you're gonna sleep out in the open nature. Um, you got to have a good vibe, and if you're not feeling a good vibe, uh, there's probably a reason. You probably instinctually know that there's a lot of animals in the area there's a lot of uh, wildlife or there's uh, we call it party spots people are going to come in at 10 in the night or 10 or midnight or whatever uh local just riffraff and probably not cause you any harm but just keep you awake all night so um the nice thing about a rooftop tent is you just don't feel affected by those things as much you might say what was that noise and you might peek out the window, but you're like, I'm way up on the top of this vehicle. I feel safe. Um, you know, bears can climb. Mountain lions can climb. But you feel they're pretty much deterred from a vehicle. Um, one of the most expensive but coolest options is the Ursa Minor, which on a, a Jeep Wrangler replaces the entire hardtop with a tent that deploys up from 
the, basically is the hardtop and deploys up and then you access it through the back seat of your Jeep. So with one of those, if, if something happened fast that you needed to get out of there, you can hop down from your tent into your Jeep, get in the front seat and drive out off without ever breaking anything down. Now, um, you should get out and bring the tent down and snap it down. But I'm saying, like, if something huge emergency-wise happened, um, you can get into your vehicle fast. With a rooftop tent, you have to get down. You're going to have to flip it up, fold the ladder up at least, and then get in and drive off. So it's not as fast. But the Ursa Minor is technically a rooftop tent, but it's um, built in. But you have to commit to it because it is part of your hardtop, and it is expensive. So I'm just gonna cover a couple quick, quick, quick things uh, for camping that makes you more comfortable. And being comfortable, I promise you, is makes the experience better. Get yourself either a good cooler, or nowadays they make really good options for refrigerators that run on 12 volts. I got one in the back of my Jeep right now. It's a Costway. Um, there's a lot of Costways to so do your research. If you go to our affiliates page on blackbarrelfroad.com, I have the one I use on there. ARB makes a great product as well. Um, there's a lot of other companies that do as well. So you can look into that. Uh, but those fridges are good. Getting yourself, even Igloo's making a decent cooler nowadays. Um, people have really stepped up since the Rotomoto Roto. Ah, roto-molded. That's it. Roto-molded coolers. You're basically like your Yeti-style Arctic um, Pelicans, Grizzlies, those kind of things popped up. Um, get yourself a good cooler. You want to be able to keep your food cold, your drinks cold. It's going to make you a lot more comfortable. Um, do some research and buy once, cry once. Second, you're going to want a table of some sort, fold-out table. I have one that I bought at REI. It's a small table. It's just a little square, but it's great for food prep. It's great to eat my dinner on. Um, it's great to make a drink on. You don't need a giant, like, plastic table, but some kind of table, nice. Camping chair. Buy once, cry once. Get yourself a nice camping chair. Um, I can't think of the brand that I use. I'll, I need to add it to my Amazon affiliates page, but it's a, it's a rocker style. Um, it's a little more expensive and it's a little bulky, but it is super comfortable. When you're in camp, that's the number one thing you do is sit down. Besides chopping wood and cooking food, like you're going to be sitting there enjoying a drink. Uh, get yourself a nice camp chair. It's going to make all the difference in the world. Um, cooktops. We could get into the cooking subject uh, and go on and on and on and on. But uh, I, have, I have two options. Oh, I have three, honestly, that I use now. Um, one, I have a Camp Chef, and it's a large Camp Chef. It is uh, just two 14-inch burners, runs on a full-size propane tank. Uh, loved it for a long time because I can use a big cast iron skillet. I can use a big um, skillet for making, like, pancakes and eggs. And sometimes me and my wife run a cabin up in Dahlonega, and, uh, and a lot of times the ones that we rent don't have um, anywhere to cook in. I'll bring that along. Uh, it's big and bulky and heavy and goes in a big case, but I'll set it up and it's like, it's not any compromise. In fact, I love cooking on it, but it's big, it's heavy. I don't want to break it down and set it up a bunch of times. So nowadays what I use is just a Coleman, um, 
dual burner it's smaller i think they're like eight inch or ten inch burners you can use like maybe a 12 inch frying pan is about the biggest you can use and uh i use that on the back of uh the jeep um on our fold down table or from my lj i would use that little camping table um now one thing i did when i bought my camping table is i made sure it was metal and it is aluminum so um something i'm not worried about burning uh, those this, the burners don't get too hot on the bottom but it's just something to think about some people use a jet boil and I have the Amazon version cheapo of that just a single burner like super small some people call them a pocket rocket they're uh, just little stoves you can use and uh, they boil water and those are good for like mountain house like MRE style meals uh, I, and they're good for making coffee and I actually camping this weekend I left all my stuff at home besides that pocket rocket runs on a tiny little cylinder of propane and I've had that propane now for like I don't know like four years and haven't burnt it out yet um, and I've boiled a lot of water on it and this weekend what I'm gonna do is I have a little Stanley cup they're for sale at blackbarrelfroad.com it's like I think a liter maybe and uh, I pre-cooked some turkey sausage and put it in my, in my fridge and then I got a couple cans of uh, turkey and wild rice soup with vegetables and uh, I'll just heat those up in that in that Stanley container and throw in my sausage and then I got a just good meal that I didn't have to bring a big stove to cook but I do like camp cooking and doing big meals um, breakfast this this weekend I'm just eating some bars um, I pre-made some like turkey and cheese roll-ups and I got some meat and cheese charcuterie board style stuff for lunches and uh, snacks and I got a little DeBell's tequila and a little uh, little uh, Buffalo Trace with me as well. Uh, gonna mix it with some Topo Chico. Anyways, you're going to want something to cook with. Something to cook with, a table, a chair, you're going to want... Uh, uh, a good sleeping bag. Mummy bags are all the rage. They do work well. So maybe look into that. Uh, I use a filled and stream one that's uh, not a mummy bag. It's a rectangular bag, but it has a Carhartt style outside and a flea, like a fleece line flannel inside. Super heavy, super big. A lot of things that are on the market for camping are designed to be lightweight for backpacking. Um, when you're car camping, you can pretty much not worry about the weight of things because you're not going to carry them very far and you're you know you're not worried about space all i mean you are in some instances but um yeah now we talked about a little bit you can get like a tent tracks trailer you can get like a uh, make your own trailer teardrop um uh turtleback those are all great options and those have a lot of storage uh, a couple things to consider is water um how you're going to bring water to a campsite whether it's just bottled water you're going to bring three or five gallon containers of water um, showers some people do the solar showers some people bring those like pump up showers i bring baby wipes and then i look for natural bodies of water but if it's really cold that can be difficult as well but you want to you know i wouldn't waste money on a lot of just like random camping gear but um those are the basics you want to be able to cook you want to be able to uh ooh they make these fold out like dish basins 
you can buy them at Walmart, and they're like thirty bucks. They're or they're like I think the company's like ASE or something like that, but it's they're orange and uh, uh, gray. But those things are the bomb. And they're they're good for cleaning your dishes. Uh, just to put water in. I I have a three gallon container. I bring. Uh, we had a five gallon on the Black Bear Pass Trail trip, and we filled it up. Um, but um, it's a good option. It's a good option um, to be able to clean your dishes. But try to make yourself comfortable. And then one way to do that is get a good sleeping bag and, and figure out the right way to sleep for you, uh, whether it's some kind of sleeping pack or some kind of tent. But those are all the options that I've gone through through the years and my opinions on them. I'm sure you guys have some opinions too. But uh, instead of pontificating or really like trying to theorize about it, um, I'd say early on, just start camping. And if you can, if you already have a tent at home, maybe go out in that tent and see if you like it. Then maybe go like borrow someone's hammock or buy a cheap hammock and see if you like it. Um, and and just try different things. If you're out there and you're like, I'm not sleeping good, and this isn't enjoyable, uh, but you want to still be out there camping, um, one, you can sleep in your vehicle or buy some kind of trailer or whatever, but the other option is um, just uh, start trying other things like a rooftop tent or um, there are a lot of options so change your options up because if you're not sleeping good you're not enjoying your time so anyways i'm gonna let you guys go i'm gonna hopefully get a good deer today um thanks for listening we are having an event at the uh at my shop called barbecue and brews it's gonna be on the 15th of november and it's free barbecue free craft beer it's limited though so all you have to do is find that event it's on the i believe the black bear off-road page and uh you got to find that event and then there's a lot of people who've said i'm interested in going or said i'm they're going but you have to get a ticket and the tickets are free but we're limited to 15 tickets and that ticket is for a parking pass and that's for one vehicle you can have as many people in that vehicle as you want show up with 20 people in it we'll be okay with that we're just limited on parking um so make sure you get your ticket it's absolutely free come enjoy the event we'd love to have you out there guys hope there's a venture in your future don't forget to eat your prunes and as always we'll be seeing you